Grace, mercy, and peace to you in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our message this morning is from our Old Testament lesson in Isaiah 55. Familiar words, I think, to many of us. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Uh, This is a really important and powerful principle uh, that you can see uh, in some ways just because it's the underlying theme, not just for our gospel lesson today, where the readings always match up to some extent, uh, but even last week in an ongoing theme uh, where uh, last week we uh, heard in the gospel of Matthew the Uh, parable of the unmerciful servant uh, whose attitude towards someone who owed him money was not that of uh, the uh, uh, one whom he owed who forgave him while he was unforgiving towards his fellow servant. Uh, And that's continued in in some ways in our gospel lesson today uh, with the attitude of the workers in the vineyard who are not the same as the parable of the owner of the vineyard who elaborates that idea that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Well, that's certainly a different way of looking at it, uh, isn't it? Uh, The idea that God's thoughts are not our thoughts, God's ways are not our ways is an important and powerful principle underlying a lot of what uh, we see in in the the different applications of the scriptural message. And so we're going to kind of hold on to that bedrock and and see how fundamental it is in uh, this morning's meditation. Uh, As we look at it in the context of our Old Testament lesson, it's clear that uh, this has a actually a very significant twofold uh, importance and a twofold significance uh, for us that starts off as a call to repentance. Uh, the uh, theme uh, uh, in this particular section of Isaiah repeatedly makes this call to repent. Uh, Seek the Lord. Call on him. Uh, Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord. We've got four different injunctions uh, to seek the Lord, turn to the Lord, call on the Lord, and of course, turn away uh, from the wicked ways and evil thoughts that implicitly are ours. And it's made explicit by that assertion that highlights God saying, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. Uh, It clearly connects to the, the wicked ways and the evil thoughts described just a few verses prior, that the 
point that we were made for is to not have different thoughts and ways than God. In the beginning, God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And what does it mean to be created in God's image other than to have thoughts and ways that are like his? It doesn't mean that God has two ears, two eyes, and a nose in the middle. And so that's say he made us to look like that. Uh, it means that he, he made uh, man to be fundamentally like him. And in what way can you be more fundamentally like someone than to have the same or similar thoughts, the same or similar ways? That's how we're supposed to be. That's how Adam and Eve were created. Of course, we know that they didn't stay that way for long. That the devil came attempting and Adam and Eve listened to his words. And their thoughts turned uh, from the words of God. And their ways turned from the ways of God as they chose their own path. And once on that path, there is no going back. They brought death and decay, not only on themselves, but on all their offspring. As we uh, who are born in the image of Adam and Eve inherit their brokenness, the dissimilarity uh, to God, uh, so that our thoughts are no longer his thoughts and our ways are no longer his ways. You don't have to just look at Genesis 3 and accept the uh, overall doctrine of the fall to, to believe it. No, we establish it ourselves our, in a way as soon as we disagree with it. When we're hit with the action of the law and our first response so often is, well, I'm not that bad. I'm a pretty good person, right? Well, all you've done is actually just demonstrate that you're not. Because God says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so when we attempt to self-justify and say, I'm not that bad. I'm a pretty good person. All we're doing is proving we're not. We're proving that our, our thoughts are not God's thoughts. And our ways are not his ways. And of course, it's even further demonstrable just by looking at our ways uh, with an honest eye. Uh, that uh, makes clear the uh, actually in one way we are very much like God uh, that leads to all the dissimilarities, uh, the dissimilarities, is that like God, we, we both tend to think we're the center of the universe. Uh, the only thing is God is the center of the universe and we're not. But we so often think and act like we are. 
when we look at God and expect him to conform to our thoughts and ways. Say, God, how would you let, why would you let this happen? God, why aren't you doing this? Why don't you think and act like I do, God? When we look at others and expect their lives to revolve around us. You mean don't bother looking at others and think only of ourselves. We're, We're bold to charge into a fight that is completely unnecessary and destructive. Well, timid and cowering against getting involved in any kind of issue that actually needs to be resolved. We're oversensitive to insults and slights against ourselves while insensitive uh, to the hurts of our neighbor. Uh, We can spot a good deal on a new iPhone a mile away, but we're blind to the needs of our neighbor next door. Our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Our ways are not God's ways. If I'm making you uncomfortable with this, good. Because I'm making myself uncomfortable, and I would hate to be the only one. This is who we are. Uh, We honestly recognize uh, uh, the way we, we look at life, the way we think about the world, and the way we behave is not always in a godly way. In fact, always falls short of God's perfection. And so, what can we do about that? We tend to shy away from thinking about it. It makes us uncomfortable. Because when we honestly admit what we know deep down and can't really deny, it makes us wonder... We're so far from being what God is. How could God ever love us? How could God ever receive someone like me? If I were God, would I receive me? Again, when we're thinking highly of ourselves, we may say, oh, you know, we may be looking down on God like we do and say, God's so judgmental. Why doesn't he just open heaven to everybody, right? Let everybody in. Uh, That would be the gracious and kind thing to do. And then the very next minute, uh, your your wife says, by the way, I invited the Joneses over for dinner. Like, oh, not the Joneses. He chews so loud. We won't welcome someone into our home for for a meal. And you expect God to let someone into his home for eternity? Well, again, when we're honest with ourselves, we, we would uh, have to deal with the fact that, you know, if I were God, I wouldn't let someone like me into heaven. Would I, I want to be with me for eternity? A, a lot of the time, I don't really like me. At least certain things about me. I think all of us struggle with that. Could God actually like us or love us enough to want to be with us forever? It seems doubtful. 
that's because we're again thinking our thoughts and applying our ways to God. That's what's so beautiful about this text is that, as I said, there's a a second powerful and important application to this idea that my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, your your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You may not like you, you may not love you, but God does! Because his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways, as high as the heavens are above the earth. He loves you. And that's the message on the basis of which Isaiah calls us to repent, to say, because he says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek him because he may be found. Call on him because he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely and abundantly pardon For, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. God is not vindictive. God is not selfish. God is love. His thoughts are thoughts of compassion, grace, and mercy. And his ways are of forgiveness. We see God's nature displayed in this way throughout all of Scripture. That highlights and demonstrates uh, God loves all people, even His enemies. Uh, While we tend to uh, be kind to our friends, Jesus loves everybody. God loves even his enemies that while we were still sinners, God showed his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the the world, the whole world, that he gave his only begotten son, uh, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That God loves everybody all people, the worst people included, even me, even you. God loves you. And God's love is not superficial like ours. God's love is sacrificial. That God doesn't just love you uh, between the hours of eight and five, Monday through Friday. I'm on vacation. Call me back on Monday. God loves you enough to send his son to die for you. Again, John 3.16. God loves you enough to sacrifice everything for you. God loves you so much that nothing can stand between you and his love. 
He will do anything, give whatever it takes uh, to bring you back to him. God's love is faithful forever. God doesn't give up. Even our best efforts at, at times will, will, will give out. Whether it, we just get frustrated and say, I've, I, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and that's it. Right? Like uh, uh, Peter, uh, the disciple. How many times shall I forgive my brother? Seven? God doesn't stop. God never gives up. Even if we try to, to maintain that level of faithfulness, uh, ultimately we, we just wear out. Uh, you, you get old and, and you just can't do it anymore. You, just, you die and you're gone. God never gives up. Never, ever, 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 ever gives up. Psalm 136 uh, just keeps hammering home that point. And the description of God's saving work throughout history in every line is punctuated with the repeated reminder, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever. No matter how many times you fail, no matter how many times you've fallen, God is there to pick you up. Uh, to forgive, restore, and renew. Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. The very reason we need to repent is also the reason we can repent. Uh, That there is someone there for us to turn to who will receive us as he has promised, a broken and contrite heart, I will in no wise cast out. This is the beautiful, uh, most beautiful aspect of it that encourages us and inspires us uh, to higher and greater things ourselves. And because we've received a, a higher love, greater than we can even imagine. Now we can imagine it because we've received it. And we can do more than imagine it. We can show it and share it with others. As we see in our gospel lesson, which is directed against the Pharisee who are Pharisees who are jealous of the inclusion of others and say, hey, we thought we were the special ones. What are these Johnny-come-latelys who get all the the good stuff without having to pay for it? Well, think in human thoughts in comparison to God's generosity. Oh, having received that abundant pardon ourselves, we should rather say, hey, let's show that same kind of forgiveness to others. Uh, let's uh, think higher thoughts and, and walk in a higher way uh, so that others can see us and say, hey, those Christians, 
Their thoughts are not like our thoughts. Their ways are not like our ways. They're higher. They're better. And they can give glory to our Father in heaven. It all starts with recognizing our proper place before God. In the terms of the parable, that actually, who are we to sit in judgment of the people who come in at the 11th hour? Uh, for no other reason than we're the people who came in at the 11th hour. We aren't even the people who've been working all day. You would even by human standards be able to criticize. We are the 11th hour people. We're not children of Abraham, except through faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, we are people who have been included by God's grace and mercy. And as we recognize uh, that it's not because of the holiness or righteousness of our thoughts or our ways, but because of God's higher thoughts and higher ways. Uh, We've got the the comfort of assurance uh, of true love that is ours in Christ Jesus and the inspiration to show that love and share that love with the world. Uh, so desperately needs it and where it can make such a, a humongous difference. May that peace is beyond all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus as we await the day of his glorious return. Amen.